0: For those of us who have not met us, uh, my name is Fred again, and uh, um, chaplain at North Heaven. When that that time comes and you're looking for a home, welcome at North Heaven. (laughs) And uh, instead of cutting down to one bedroom somewhere where you have already a room for you, you don't have to cut down. (laughs) It's very special for you when that time comes, and uh, it's always a privilege to serve at North Heaven. But also, on behalf of uh, Eternity Center, I, will, I serve with uh, Pastor David and Rosanna, who are the current pastors at Eternity Center. We work together with them. They've asked us to see the, the work that the, the church is doing at BOT, and that we've been doing there uh, once in a while, and we thank God for that. Um, without going to a lot of stories, today... It's, it's a big day, not only for this church, but I think also for the world, because England, the morning, the great, you know, the morning, somebody has been serving there for a long time, and uh, I'm not here to represent the church on that, but just to say, you know, I've, we respect that, and... Uh, we send our condolences to the Queen, and, and on behalf of all of us as a church, we know that um, he's done a good job, and may the Lord uh, bless the family. My message today is titled, God's Plan and Purpose. God's Plan and Purpose for all of us, for our church. And before I share today, I'd like us just to take a minute. I want us to take a minute and just tell God, Thank you. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for your purpose. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. Lord, I want to thank you for your purposes. That today, as you come to your word this morning, I want to pray, God, that may you bless your word this morning. May you anoint your message, may you guide us as share together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And friends, today I'm just here to remind us that God's plan and purpose is real. God's plan and purpose is real. That nothing can stop God's plan and purpose for your life and family. Even though the doctor may have a different report. The last time I was here, I think I mentioned that my mom had give, was given two days to live. You can imagine walking to a doctor's place and the doctor tells you that you have only two days to live. What can you do within two days? And my mom panicked and she rang me and she told me that the doctor has only given me two days. What do I do? And I told my mom, jump into the next bus because I was living like 500 kilometers away from her. And she came. And I remember us walking to the doctor's place, a friend of mine who's a Christian from Pakistan. And she looked at my mom and she laughed. She said, I don't think you have two days. You have more time. Because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Even though my mom has passed on, but my mom lived another 10 years before she died. So nothing can stop God's plan and purpose for your life. I want to remind us nothing can stop God's plan and purpose for this church today. Whether there are 100 people, 50 people, 200 people, nothing can stop God's plan and purpose for this church. Because God's plan cannot be overruled, it cannot be overchanged, cannot, nothing can replace God's plan and purpose for your life, for this church and for this state, and for this nation. Because I believe God has a plan for this state. God has a plan for this purpose. We may have leaders in this state who may want to swing rules around. We have politicians who will sit down and make rules for this state, and make rules for this nation. But I want to remind us that God has a plan and a purpose for this nation and this state. I always think about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Last weekend alone, we celebrated the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the devil thought that he had won the victory. But to remind us that neither the grave could not hold him down, he has risen. He's no longer in the grave because the plan of God and purposes of God cannot be topped, or interrupted. Because the grave could not hold Jesus Christ to the ground. In John chapter 11, we see the story of Lazarus when everybody had given up. Even the sisters had given up and they knew Christ because Christ told them on the resurrection. they given up. But Jesus called him and said, come forth, Lazarus, because I have a plan and a purpose for you. So my message today is to encourage us today that yes, COVID may have come, destroyed businesses, COVID might have come and destroyed economies. COVID might have interfered with the traveling, with the running of business of church, with a fellowship, with a social life. But I'm to believe that God has a purpose for his people. God has a plan for his people. And it's for us to sit down and pray and ask God, thank you, and tell God, thank you for your plan and purpose. Thanks for the things you're planning to do for us. Because we know that you have a plan for all of us. You have a plan for your church. You have a plan for this nation. You have a plan for your family, for my family. And many times, even in families, things may not look like the way they look they're supposed to be. We thank God for a young man here. But there are many people who want their young people to be in church. They're not in church. The relationship that's struggling right now. The marriages are struggling. The families that are not united together. But I want us to remember that nothing can stop God's plan for our lives, for our nation, for our relationships. For anything, nothing can stop. Can I have the the second clip, please? So what do we do? Our theme today is when God's plan, and is, or God's plan and purpose is taking too long, what do we do? When cancer and other diseases have been ruining your body and you've been asking God for healing. When your relationships have been struggling and you've been asking God why. When your family has not been together and you've been asking God why? When the rules in this station and the other parts of the world have been changing towards the left and we're asking God why? As Christians, what do we do? What is our role? And the man I would like to share with us is Caleb. Caleb is one of those people that was sent by Moses to go and spy the promised land that was flowing with milk and honey. But how many of us know that it wasn't with milk and honey? (laughs) They were told that the land that you're being sent to is flowing with milk and honey. And Caleb, together with another 11 people they went there, It's only Caleb and Joshua who came and said, you know what, that land is good because Caleb knew the purpose and the plan of God can never change. Whether there were giants in that particular land, whether there were snakes, whatever that was in that particular land, he never looked at what was there. He never focused on the people. He never focused on the giants that were in that particular land. Caleb focused on the plan and the purpose of God. But the ten who came back with Caleb, they brought the negative report and told the people, "We can't even we can't even live in that particular land, because the people there are the giants. We are the like grasshoppers in front of those people.": I like us read together. It may not be as big as most of us can read, but we can look at that together. In Joshua chapter 14, verse 7 to 15, uh, the Bible says that I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. My fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people fear I, however, follow the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me that the land on which your feet have walked will be an inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. And verse 10 continues to say, then just as the Lord promised he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. While Israel moved about in the wilderness, so here am I today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill, country, that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Akites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord help, helping me that I'll drive them out just as he did. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of jebnai and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So, so Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jebna, the Kazanite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. So, how did Caleb do it, friends? I want you to imagine you've led a team of 12, you've seen the land, you're willing, and then it takes another 45 years. I don't know how many of us will be still waiting for that land after 45 years. But yet many times when you wait for a week or a month, you're already asking God, why? I've been praying for this particular issue for 20 years. I've been praying for my health for the last 10 years. I've been praying for my children for 20 years. I've been praying for my spouse for all those years, but nothing's happening. Why? And we start to question the plan and the purpose of God. And we start to create doubt in the plan and the purposes of God. And we bring fear upon ourselves and discouragement in the plan and the purposes of God. But I have a friend here, Caleb. That is, encourages me. When I look at Caleb, Caleb is saying, you know, I was 40 and I'm 85 years old. And to remind us, let's learn to trust God. Even the most lowest times of our lives Let's trust God. Because the Bible says that Caleb trusted the process. You know, many times you have had people say, trust the process. And someone asked me another day, how long should I trust the process? <laughs> how long should we trust the process? When you see things happen around us, in our families, at school, at work, and the Lord is reminding us, trust the process. I'm like, how long should I trust the process? You have the answer from Caleb, 45 years or more, to trusting the process. But I want to remind us that you can never, never underestimate the purpose and the plan of God. Abraham tried it one day. He didn't want to trust the process. And God told me, you'll have to go back to the process because I have a plan and a purpose for you. I look at people like Martha and Martha and her her sister, Magdalene. I mean, Mary. Jesus, if you are here, my brother wouldn't have died because uh, they didn't want to trust the process. The Lord is reminding us today. Let's learn to trust him. He's God. Nothing else can take over his place. His process may not be the way we want it. His process may not look the way the people want it. But his process is straightforward. And in verse, I like what he says in verse 7, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh, to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. Because in his own conviction, he knew that the plan and purposes of God, he knew exactly what he was doing at that particular time. And like I said, many times you want to bring doubt and discouragement. It took 40 years God trying to convince the Israelites. 40 years or more. 40 years trying to take them through the process. Taking them to, to transition. Because these people have been away in Egypt. And some of the things I've seen in Egypt were golden calves. You saw what they did to Aaron. When Moses left him for a few minutes. Moses went up a few minutes on a hill to pray. And the next thing he comes, he found that they're worshipping a golden calf. Because those are the things I saw in Egypt. So the Lord is working in our lives. The Lord is doing the process. The Lord is taking us through the transition of the journey of this church. So it's up to us to trust him and allow him to finish his process of our journey. COVID will come and go, but the Lord's process will ha- still happen. The Lord's plan and purpose will still happen. People will come in our lives, people will, live in our li- people will live, but God's process will continue. The second thing I picked from this story is in verse 8. Number B says that Caleb followed God wholeheartedly. This says in verse 8, that, However, I follow the Lord my God wholeheartedly. In other words, completely, sincerely devoted. You know... Many times when we wait on God, our prayer time, our fellowship, our connections start start wearing out. Our relationships get affected many times. Our devotion to God starts declining many times. I've met people who have waited upon God. Who have given up? Because sometimes the period can be very sickening. I met a lady, and my wife can confirm that another time. She has been praying for as spouse for a long time, and she went her head and bought her a wedding gown, and just put in a wardrobe. And for many years she used to pray. And the wedding down was there. And her prayer life started going down. It was up, going down. Her relationships started going down. Her worship to God started going down. Because many times, when you face those situations, when you're waiting upon God, it impacts on us, our daily life, our prayer walk. But I want you to remind us that if you look at what Caleb did, he says wholeheartedly, as in I, his commitment was never changed. His love for God never changed. His passion for God never changed. I met up somebody the other day, and the person told me, you know, I had my wife. For many years. And she died and she left me with children. I got over it. I married again. And she died and she left. And the other wife died and left me. I don't think God cares. I really don't care about God. I really don't care what you guys believe anymore. He was frustrated. He was angry with God. And that's what we do sometimes. Because we get personal with the things of God. We question the things of God. We demand things from God. And to remind us today, that our social challenges. The things we go through should not impact our relationship with God. Right now in this state, and I'll say this, you know, depending on your condition, you can choose to die. We have the the rules of euthanasia, which is there now. But as Christians, you know what God is saying about that. But I want to encourage us today. Whatever rules that you change around the world, whether the rules to change the appearance of people, whether the rules to change whatever is happening, the plan of God is still there. It will stand forever. And it's a time for us as Christians to stand firm and and recognize what is seen and, and I mean and call what is seen seen and allow the spirit that God has put in our hearts to speak into issues of sin and proclaim what God has proclaimed as these things of God and declare and give glory for things of God. What motivates you to get up and keep going? I would encourage you, if God does not motivate you to keep praying in the morning, If what is happening around the world, the challenges are there that are not motivating you to, stand on your, on, to to be on your knees and pray and lift up your hands and tell, Father, we want to stand with you to bring change upon this nation, to bring change around the world. If it doesn't motivate you, then I don't know what else can motivate you to come to close to God. Because the things that form our attitudes Can either take you to the way of the Satan or the way of God. Because to God, the focus is not about the heels, the challenges, the focus is on Him. If you put our eyes on God, we see His plans and His purpose. If we put our eyes on the challenges, if we put our eyes on the things that are happening around us, the focus begins on the things that are happening, then our focus on God changes completely. And my prayer today that we'll be like Caleb. Caleb put his focus on God. Caleb put his eyes on God. And when he put his focus on God, he started to see the plan and the purposes of God. So whatever people saw in that land, the, 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 the giants, the tribes, the height, the muscles, Never challenged him. I'm always reminded by the story of David. For 40 years, Goliath was tormenting the people. And the people were focusing on him. But David never focused on Goliath. David was focusing on God. And that's my prayer that today we put our focus on God. That whatever is happening in your family, in your life, in your health, will not take the focus, your focus will be on God. You know, scientists, scientists want to see evidence for them to move. But as Christians, we, we see the faith before we move. It's actually faith that moves us to action. Scientists, evidence moves them into action. But the Lord is saying, you know, if you see me, for you to move, you'll t- it, takes a longer t- it takes longer. But if you move because of faith, you start to understand what I'm doing. I don't know if it makes sense to somebody. Let me, let me explain it slowly. Let me explain it slowly. For us as Christians, and that's the the trouble Jesus had with Thomas. Thomas wanted to touch his scars. Thomas wanted to touch the wounds. I'm not not sure about his background, but he sounded like a scientist who wanted to touch some evidence to move, to see, to believe. But Christ told Thomas that, blessed are those who believe without seeing. Because when you believe without seeing, that's the time we start to move. Because with God, you move to see what he's doing. You move to understand to see what is happening. It's only until the children of Israel left the land to start understanding what God was doing across on the other side. Were there challenges? Yes. Was there trouble? Yes, there's trouble. Because if they saw what was happening none of them would have left Egypt. If they saw the Red Sea, that there's no bridge, they wouldn't have left Egypt. But they moved to see what was happening and that's how God works because God wants us to have the focus on him. And the last thing I would like to share with us is the Lord would like to encourage us to develop Patient trust in him. Can have the, the, the number D on there. A patient trust. is not easy. And that's why Abraham had a, tro- a trouble with that, a problem with that. Patient and trusting. But it says in verse fourteen. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephna, the Canaanite. Sorry, ever since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel. And my prayer today that we believe that He will reward your patience. I believe that God will reward your patience. You're waiting. You're sitting there telling God, and you know, I've been battling this condition for a long time. I've been waiting for this thing for a long time. I've been praying for this thing for a long time. But I know that your plan and purpose will still come to pass. And I want to pray for all of us today because I know for each one of us, it could be family. It could be something in your, in your physical health. It could be for this state. It could be for the country. I know there's something you're asking God. What is it, Father? Why is it taking so long? As I conclude, I want to say, yes, it may look like it's taking too long. My prayers I don't give up. Don't give up. Because when you give up, you give up on the plan and the purpose of God. When you give up, you give up on the dream that God has planned, has for you. I'd like to just read with us something from Genesis chapter 26, verse 14 to 16, that will help us as we finish today. In Genesis twenty six, verse fourteen, sixteen, the Bible says that Isaac continued to dig the wells that his father started. It says in verse fourteen that he had so many flocks and herds and servants, that is Isaac, that the Philistines Philistines envied him. So, all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up and filled them with earth. What a kind of discouragement. I was saying, if our Isaac, because the Bible says that Isaac would come and redig the wells his father had dug previously, the Philistines will come and fill them up. Frustrating. The Philistines had the plan to stop the plan and the purpose of God. But Isaac knew the plan and the purpose of God. He never gave up. He was never frustrated. Every time they went and filled them up, he used to go and dig them up. You can look at that scripture again. And this is my prayer today. You may be as old as my friend here, Nelly. Sorry, Nelly, to use your name this morning. (laughs) You may be as young as my friend there, Darcy. But I want to remind you today, let's dig those wells up. The enemy will come and fill them up. Let's continue to dig them up like Isaac. Let's get on our knees. Let's continue to pray. The enemy has his own plans. He'll never stop until he accomplishes what he's trying to do. But he'll never succeed because God's plan is always higher than his. We cannot stop him, but God will. You may be feeling, I've been digging these wells for a long time, like Isaac. I've been digging these wells for a long time. I dig. They come the following day. They've been filled up by the Philistines. But never give up. Isaac never gave up to those wells, because that's your spiritual journey. That's part of your plan and purpose. My prayer today, as we finish, is that let's all of us join together. Let's all of us stand and say, God, I don't want to give up. There are many times I want to give up, but I don't want to do it because I know that your plan and purpose can never be stopped by anything. As the worship team comes back, I'd like us to stand together because I want us to pray. Let's stand together. Let's have the worship back maybe you walked in this morning and you're telling God, it's been, <laughs> it's been many years. I've been praying for this thing but I haven't seen anything happen. I've been praying for my family. I've been praying for my spouse. I've been praying for whoever. I've been praying for Victoria. But things seem to be moving away. I've been praying for Australia but things haven't been changing. I've been praying for this. I want you to just tell God, Today, I want to trust your process. That I want to continue to serve you wholeheartedly. Because I know that your plans and your purpose can never be stopped by anything. And Lord, I want to trust your patience in my life. I want to believe that you are doing something. Lord, we thank you today. Lord, I thank you because nothing can stop your plan and purpose in our lives. Lord, I thank you because nothing can stop your plan and purpose for this church. Lord, we thank you because nothing can stop your plan and purpose for Victoria. We thank you because nothing can stop your plan and purpose for Australia and for the world. And today, there are many of us who came here this morning. The men who felt hopeless. The men who felt, Lord, you're far away from them, Father. The men who felt that, Lord, you've deserted them. The men who felt like they've been in this desert for many years. The men who felt that you're never there for them, Father. And Lord, I pray that you help us to stay and stand in your presence, Father, and to continue to serve you wholeheartedly on our knees. That as we raise our hands and worship you, Father, that your name will be glorified, God, because you know that this country belongs to you, Father. Our families belong to you, our state belongs to you, that Kerrang belongs to Jesus. Some of us, we may not see the changes that you're doing, Father, but we believe that in here in Karang that there's so much that you're changing, that you're transforming people's lives, Father. Mm -hmm. Yes, we know that those who want to transform them to different things, but we know the true transformation is coming from you. So today we thank you. And we pray that for those that the enemy may want to transform his way, that, Lord, you transform them back to your system, Father. I pray for each and of us today. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Paul and Nanny and the work they're doing in this church, Father. Lord, may you bless them, God. I pray for the elders, for their commitment, for their love for you in this church, Lord, and to commit them to you. And I pray, Lord, that may you continue to give them wisdom. May you stand with them, God, in whatever they do in this church, oh God. And I pray that church will make a difference in Karam in our society, in our community, that Lord will have the influence of the joy that you put in us, oh God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And thank you for listening.